What's happening? Pete Davidson here with some Sunday morning DFS stuff. Um, just got finished doing the fantasy football hour, so I uh, have the vocal cords heated up. Uh, we're going to do a little 20 to 30 minute thing here. Sorry I didn't get to you guys yesterday, uh, but I had a lot going on and it got to the point where it was like, I can go rush a podcast or I can just do it Sunday. So. Doing it Sunday, feeling easy. Uh, thank you for your patience on the lead-in. Sometimes I'm just having too much so- too much fun with the bumpers, man. Uh, but anyway, um, sort of an interesting week. Obviously, coming off one of the more bizarre weeks uh, that we've ever had. I mean, week seven. Uh, I've already talked to you guys a little bit about it, uh, and I live tweeted it until I just couldn't take it anymore. Uh, it's sort of funny. I <laughs> I think if you go look at like my tweets, I was like. You know, sort of having fun Sunday morning, laughing about lineup locks, sort of felt like this could be a wild day, and then everything went south for me. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, the one o'clock games were just like epic, epic fail, and um, I sort of went silent for a while, hung out with my kid, watched a couple episodes of Seinfeld with him, we always enjoy that, uh, and I'm sort of looking at my phone, and then I, 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 out of the corner of my eye, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm actually cashing in lineups. What the hell is going on here? Uh, and then I go, I, I get back on the big rig and I start looking at the games. And I'm like, oh my God. Uh, a, I was shocked that some of my guys were going really well in the four o'clocks. But then the thing that really blew my mind is my scores, even with you know the improvement, they shouldn't have been cashing. But man, so many people were getting crushed last week. I was staying to hack it the other day. I'm like, man, I had a 200 lineup, not cash in a 50, well, just barely cash actually, in a 50-50 a couple weeks ago. Um, and then I'm actually cashing lineups at like 243, <laughs> uh, excuse me, 143 uh, last week. So it's like, you know, down is up, black is white, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. It's just, fantasy football is just a wild ride, man. Anyway, uh, I am feeling easy like Sunday morning. Uh, definitely in a good mood for this podcast. I've done a lot of prep this week, um, so let's get into it. I'm, I'm going to walk through, um, in, in fact, some of you guys, if, you, if, you, if you're inclined to sort of uh, play along, open up your DraftKings app in the second half of this pod. I'm just going to mess around and make, make a couple lineups out loud if you guys want to sort of walk along, put them together to see what you think, uh, maybe uh, come up with a couple ideas. Um, just going to do a little bit of that at the end. But uh, first we'll go through uh, the positions, talk about what we like, and uh, I'm going to fo- focus a little bit on guys who I think are cash viable. Uh, so uh, first we'll talk about the quarterbacks, all two or three of them, and uh, then we'll move through the, the fun stuff. So as far as quarterbacks go, 
Um, Deshaun Watson is really my guy this week. Um, I, I don't like getting fixated on a player. I just love his matchup. The price was a turnoff when I started, you know, doing my prep this week. The thing is, I'm finding so many ways to save money that I'm not having any trouble at all playing any quarterback I want. So it's really just led me to Watson, who's the guy I want to play. Uh, now, I love Russell Wilson as well, and I'm more than willing to pay for him too. It's essentially the same cost. It's a $100 difference, but the problem, Wilson's just got so many game script issues because, man, I mean, can't we just see multiple defensive touchdowns being scored off of Matt Schaub? I mean, it's not, I mean, you know, it, it doesn't have to go that way, but it's so obvious that it could. Uh, and certainly Seattle's going to get to a point where they're just going to run the football in this game. So, uh, you know, Wilson to me is risky. If, it, if we don't get touchdowns early, they may not throw a pass in the fourth quarter of this football game. So, um I'm a little bit concerned about Wilson from a game flow perspective. I think he will crush to the extent that he does throw, uh, but I'm concerned about pass volume. I'll, you know, very concerned. You know, whereas Watson, yeah, he's, you know, at home in a blowout. In a way, that's more concerning. But the thing is, Oakland's a run is a pass funnel. Um, you know, uh, you know, you can beat Atlanta any number of ways, and obviously, see, you know, Seattle is inclined to play a certain way. Uh, Watson obviously is the engine of the Texans' offense, and to beat Oakland, you want to throw. Uh, so even when you get ahead, uh, to some extent, until you actually have the game put away, uh, you're going to want to be even-handed or pass first. So uh, to me, Watson is the play there. Uh, now, Matt Stafford is certainly in play. If you want to go with a guy with no foot points, I generally want some foot points in the equation. So Stafford isn't my top guy, but he's definitely viable. Um, at the end of the day, I might be going, man, why didn't I just play Stafford? I think that's certainly possible. Um, so you know, those guys are really my top three uh, but when we move into a little bit of a fatter, uh, um, you know, skew or whatever you want to call it, you know, I think in GPPs, I'm certainly considering Goff, but I'm worried, even more worried about the blowout with him. Um, but Josh Allen, um, although weather up there is a little bit of a concern, I think an Allen GPP lineup is something I'll probably get into. Uh, and then Ryan Tannehill, if I can find a way to stack money. Now, Tannehill was a guy I was really toying around with last night when I thought all of the cheap running backs weren't going to be available to me. Uh, and I thought maybe a, you know saving money at QB may open up some things in terms of lineup construction. Uh, I'm going to have to revisit that after the pod because, as you guys know, now we're looking at we can play Chase Edmonds now. We weren't sure. And we can play Latavius Murray now. We weren't sure. Uh, that is really going to open up money at QB. So, uh, Tannehill may or may not be somebody I choose to get into, but the thing is, I love the matchup. Tampa Bay also major run funnel, uh, and you know I've never been a big Tannehill fan, never have been, but he looked really good last week. I mean, you got to give the man credit. I'm not going to sit here and uh, pretend that I didn't see what I saw. Uh, it was really uh, like flicking a light switch on. He was, uh, you know, throwing the ball with more confidence than I'm accustomed to accustomed to seeing him. He was stepping into his throws, which is a really good sign for him. You know, Tannehill's got some Nick Foles to him where sometimes he's not bringing the hips through, but when he is, he, he can get into a rhythm. You know, when Tannehill's on, he can be a good rhythm thrower, as I've said uh, a couple times over the last month. And, you know, he had it going last week. So, uh, you know, certainly Tannehill, I think, is a uh, you know, in play to have a good game. Uh, he's stackable with Davis and uh, Brown. Um, but, you know, I, I just don't know if I need to pay down. Uh, it's just too easy to get the higher cost guys in there. Uh, but Tannehill's definitely on the, on the radar. Um, you know, some other guys who I think will do well, Breeze, but, you know, a little risky for me. And 
uh, you know, too many ways that they could just go run heavy. I'm much more interested in Lat Murray. Uh, if I was going to be desperate to try to save some money, you know, I might be thinking about guys like Brissett and Minshew. I just don't need the cash. All right, let's get over to running backs. I think it's just <laughs> a little more interesting in general. And really, there is absolutely no shortage of running backs for your consideration on this slate. Uh, I've got about 15 guys who are sort of in my window for consideration. Now, it's really... Uh, my my eventual list that I'm actually going to use is probably more like five or six guys. Uh, I love Saquon Barkley at 8,900 units against the Detroit Lions run defense that is overrated at this point. Uh, I think Todd Gurley is being ignored by too many people at 7,400 units in a matchup where they should just crush Cincinnati. Um, you know, I think setting up a couple GPP lineups, some that have only Gurley and some that have only Daryl Henderson, if you're willing to take that kind of chance, there's some merit to that. Um, my inclination is to just play Gurley, and I think that may be what I'm going to do, uh, but I'm probably going to set up a Daryl Henderson um, you know, uh, GPP lineup just in case, because at 4K, if, you know, if that thing's a blowout early... You know, for all we know, they'll pull Gurley at the half, and Henderson could have like 15 touches in the second half, uh, and he could end up paying off huge. So uh, I may sort of hedge uh, my Gurley love with a little bit of Henderson love as well. Obviously, you have to have a little extra cash lying around to sort of do that. I mean, I'm not suggesting you put a lot of money into Daryl Henderson, but uh, I'm sort of considering it as an ass-covering measure, if you will. I really like Gurley at 7,400 units. I feel like you know, 15 to 20 touches is very likely, and I think multiple scores is uh, certainly, uh, you know, a 50% proposition, uh, and I think a lot of people will be off them if that's something you care about. Uh, the problem with using Gurley a lot is that I like Fournette at 7,800 units because of the volume he's surely going to get versus the Jets, and then maybe my favorite play of the week, as I mentioned on the Fantasy Football Hour, is Carson at 7K, um, and Carson, unlike Gurley, is not going to get pulled for another player, we don't think. Um, you know, sort of like Fournette isn't going to get pulled for another player, we don't think. Uh, Carson will probably get in excess of 20 touches uh, before he leaves that game. Uh, and again, at 7K, matched up against just a reeling Atlanta team, uh, there's a lot of upside there. I mean, the odds on him just killing you, or, you know, barring injury, are very low. Um, you know, we talk, talked about Chase Edmonds. This one's easy. 6,200 units against New Orleans. Um, he's basically going to get like 95% of the touches unless I'm missing something. Um, Le'Veon Bell, 6,900 against Jacksonville. You're buying volume there. I don't have any lineups with Bell in them, but he's certainly in consideration, I think. I also don't have any Marlon Mack lineups, but I think at 6,100 units and a good bet for 20 touches, uh, he's a pretty good play. Uh, the thing about Mack is it's just so tempting to just go to Tevin Coleman at 5, 5K, save money, get a similar amount of touches, and I almost like his setup a little bit better. He's playing at home as well. Uh, there's some indication that Breida might be a little bit banged up. We know Coleman gets the goal line pretty much exclusively at this point, so I like him. Uh, Sony Michelle is a similar play at 5,200, viable. If that weather continues to get ugly, maybe even more viable. Um, and, uh, you know, I think uh, James White also in PPR could be a pivot to that. I love White this week. I don't know if he's got quite enough ceiling for GPPs, but I think he's cash viable. Uh, Austin Eckler, I think, is uh, a viable GPP play at 5,900 units. Um, and then my one outside-the-box play is Ronald Jones at 4,300 units against Tennessee. You can run on Tennessee. Uh, and it would not, this is like a GP, this is a thin GPP play, but if you're inclined to take the chance, and it is a chance, so don't come back at me with this, uh, but 
it wouldn't surprise me if Bruce Arians said, you know what, we're going to go in and we're going to pound Ronald Jones this week, see if we can get some big plays out of him, see if we can flip the script. It would be a smart thing to do. It might not work, but they're in a tough spot anyway on the road against a team that's probably better than they are. Um, so, you know, Ronald Jones in a GPP as a thin, high upside, low ownership play, I think has some merit. Um, but again, you got to understand what I'm talking about and you got to understand you're taking a risk. Um, and then I'm just going to close it out with my favorite play. We spoke a little bit about it, but Latavius Murray with Kamara out, and it appears he's 100% out, Murray is going to be a high touch, medium cost guy with great game script, but you're also protected against bad game scripts. So there's just you know, as I said on the on the show, it's just really hard not to play this guy, even if everybody and their mother plays him. I think you want to be in on it. You know, it's a free square. Maybe it doesn't advance you, but, it, you know, it keeps you from being injured by not being on him. Um, you know, Murray at 5,800, I may have complete and total exposure to him this week. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for the running backs I'm really focused on. Uh, let's get into some receivers. And uh, as with the running backs, really uh, a fair amount of them. I've got over 30 receivers that are sort of, you know, in my window. Um, now, granted, as with the running backs, you know, really I've, I've narrowed it down to a small group that I like best. But, you know, just sort of going from the top of the rankings uh, down, obviously Nuke in the top spot, 8,100, who is uh, paired with my uh, quarterback of choice. So when I can afford to get Nuke in the lineups, I'm definitely doing it. The other elite guy I like is Michael Thomas. Uh, I know some people are probably worried about Patrick Peterson, but I'm thinking Thomas avoids him a fair amount of the time. Um, I mean, there's some risk. You know, some people are making it sound like Patrick Peterson will never go play the slot, and I know history says that's true. Uh, but it is probably worth noting we have a new coaching staff, so who knows? They may decide, like, no, follow the best receiver. Get in the slot. Thomas is our only guy. It would make sense. Uh, but there is a lot of history saying Peterson will stay outside. So uh, I think Thomas, certainly in GPPs, is a play. Uh, Chris Godwin at 7,100. I'm not really using him anywhere, but he's in play. Um, Mike Evans, I think I'm more inclined to take the savings. He Pretty good chance he actually has a better cornerback matchup than Godwin. So uh, in a pinch, I'm probably playing Evans there. Um, Kenny Galladay is definitely in some of my lineups, and I'm considering putting him in more at 6,400 units against the Giants. Good matchup. Uh, they will certainly be paying attention to Marvin Jones more so than normal. Uh, so I think Galladay is certainly in play. Could have multiple touchdowns if things break right for him. Uh, obviously, we've you know got the Patricia Bell thing on the other, you know on the downside of it. Uh, Cortland Sutton uh, really feels underpriced at 5,300 units, and it makes sense, right? I and mean, when they did the pricing, Emmanuel Sanders was still on the team. So uh, the matchup is mediocre, but you're going to get a lot of volume uh, for 5,300 units, and that's obviously good. Uh, Sutton is definitely in my cash uh, consideration uh, for this week. Now, John Brown at 59 was absolutely in cash consideration. I'm starting to move him more into the GPP thing, just because the wind up there is supposed to be relatively strong. Uh, I, you know, I'm probably going to take this right down to the wire, uh, look at the most updated weather, and then decide whether I want to consider Brown for cash purposes. But I definitely, even if the weather looks pretty bad, uh, his matchup is so good, I'm going to use him in some GPPs. Um, DJ Shark GPP only, but a lot of upside versus the Jet secondary that really, they don't really have anybody who can cover him. Uh, Kenny Stills, second option uh, to Nuke, but man, 4,700 feels 
wow, that's a good price for Kenny Stills playing full-time snaps. So definitely want to get some Kenny Stills action. He's absolutely in cash consideration. Uh, the thing with him is if... I, I don't really think I want to go with Nuke and Stills in a stack in my cash lineup, so I'm going to have to sort of come down to it and figure out which one of those guys I'm more comfortable with. I mean, obviously you're more comfortable with Nuke, but you got to pay for it, so uh, there's going to be a decision I need to make there, uh, and you know I might spend a little time on that later in the podcast. Uh, Mike Williams at 4K with Keenan Allen, essentially uh, a dead soldier this week. Uh, I definitely, I mean, in GPPs, I think you're nuts if you don't have some Mike Williams exposure. I mean, maybe not a ton if you're not comfortable with it, but you got to have some, I think. Uh, if you're putting out multiple GPP lineups. Uh, using him in cash, I suppose, is a little bit dicier, but you know what? At 4K, he opens up a lot of other things. He becomes a guy you don't, you know, he doesn't need to go nuts at 4K. He just needs to sort of, you know, just just hit, you know, he just needs to pay off slightly, uh, but the potential for him to score multiple touchdowns is there. This is a guy who really is, I mean, Mike Williams is going to break out at some point, uh, and this really would be a week. I think the Bears... Uh, you know, as we've seen uh, lately, they're, you know, they're far from unbeatable in the back end. Uh, the question with Mike Williams, I think where, where the rubber is going to meet the road on this matchup, is will Rivers have the time to target him? Uh, you know, the Chargers are going to have a difficult time giving Rivers more than a couple counts. Uh, but he really, I mean, look, it's, you know, over a 60-minute game, we only need you know, three or four major targets to Williams. You know, I think he's probably going to have eight or so on the day. We'd like, you know, three or four of them to be aggressive targets, either downfield or red zone. Um, you know, if we get that at 4K, I, I really think the guy's going to pay off. Uh, DK Metcalf at 5K. Um, you could use him in cash. Uh, I think I'm more on a, a GPP usage for him. Uh, I think he's going to be hit or miss, but he could be like multiple touchdown hit. So I think he definitely fits the GPP paradigm. Uh, Corey Davis, 4,400 units, cash viable, GPP viable. Um, I want to sort of mix Corey Davis in with A.J. Brown shares. Um, and I think there's a really good chance that one of them goes off. Um, Robbie Anderson for me, 4,900, nice GPP play. Jameson Crowder, 4,800, probably a nice cash play. Um, Deshaun Hamilton at 3,300 units. Um, if you need to save more money than Mike Williams, um, you're probably going to get the same type of targets but less upside um, with Deshaun. But at 3,300 in a game where they're probably going to be behind and trailing, I'd be really surprised if he didn't at least pay off. He may not make you happy. Uh, but he'll justify the expense. Uh, Alex Erickson, similar kind of play, 3,700 units. Uh, Zach Paschal is a guy, I think, if, you know, if Campbell is announced active, it'll effective snaps, but, but if Campbell's out, we don't know yet, but if Campbell's out, I think Zach Paschal becomes a pretty good play at 4,300 units. Um, Darius Slayton, 3,900 units with Sterling Shepard on the bye and Golden Tate with a relatively tough matchup. Slayton could see more targets than people think. Uh, I, I think he's definitely GPP viable. Uh, and then another cost saver, Demarius Thomas. Uh, remember, this is a guy that Adam Gase knows well. He obviously trusts him and likes him. He's getting targets. Uh, he could get six, seven, eight, nine targets in this game. And at 3,300 units, that's really good. Uh, so there's a lot of these inexpensive GPP plays. There's no way I'm going to be able to use all of them. Trust your gut. Play the ones you like. Uh, the next one, and this is right in that same area, Taylor Gabriel. He's got plenty of bust potential. But, you know, against um, the Chargers, you got to figure their alpha corner is going to be uh, covering Robinson, and Gabriel's going to be there on the outside. 
Um, they're going to take some shot plays to him. They're going to take some um, some schemed plays to him. And, you know, he could easily pop for a touchdown or two. And, and, and he could do next to nothing. Um, you know, GPP play for sure. But Taylor, Taylor Gabriel's a guy I think you should at least consider. Uh, and then, uh, as I mentioned in my article this morning, you know, Hopkins is a great play. Uh, and Kenny Stills is a great play. But, you know, playing probably around 60 70% of the snaps and owning the slot is going to be Kiki Kuti. Um and I think there are applications for him if you're looking for an original lineup, you know, in a uh, in a high entry GPP, uh, he could be a way to differentiate if that's something you want to try to do. Um, so there were 22 receivers that I'm considering. Um, you know, obviously the ones that I'm really looking at seriously and that I've got in a lot of lineups right now are uh, Hopkins, Gavaday, Sutton, uh, John Brown, Shark, Stills, Mike Williams, uh, Corey Davis. Um, and A.J. Brown. I've got a lot of shares of those guys mixed throughout my lineups. The other guys are a little more hunt and peck. Um, But really, a lot of options that are good options. Again, uh, as I always say, play at a level that you're comfortable with where if you lose, it's not the end of the world. And then you can be aggressive with this. Just play your gut. There's a lot of good gut plays out there. Um, You know, they're just, you know, we're talking about GPP plays. Okay, Uh, I'm going to look at a couple tight ends here, and then uh, I'm just going to sort of mess around with my cash lineup. Uh, and sort of talk out what I'm doing. Uh, if you guys sort of get in the uh, DK window and get in the lineup window, uh, you can sort of work along with me and, uh, you know, have a little fun. Uh, but tight ends first. Uh, it's a pretty short list at the at the position. George Kittle uh, is my number one tight end, but you really got to pay for him at 6,500 uh, 6, units. The matchup is not great. Uh, not you know, it's, and not to mention it's going to be a slow game, which is going to limit uh, play total. So you know, Kittle, I think in a GPP, if you're doing a lot of lineups, I can see it. Uh, probably not going to be in a lot of my builds today. Uh, Austin Hooper is the one guy on Atlanta where maybe his value holds or even goes up a tick, just because of the routes he runs and and, and what Schaub is able to throw well. So I think Hooper is still absolutely in play if you want to use him. Uh, Evan Ingram takes a little bit of a leap of, a leap of faith, the way he sort of fa- fell out of the rotation last week. He, he did get banged up during that game, so I don't know if that affected anything. He didn't miss a lot of time. Um, you know, but he was on the sidelines between plays, uh, you know, missing plays here and there. Um, but, you know, never really uh, got knocked out of the game. So, I, and not to mention, I'm not even sure what was wrong with him. But, you know, you saw him sort of like working out his leg a couple times. But, uh, you know, Ingram certainly is in play at 5,300. Um, I think Ertz against Buffalo is in play because the targets are going to find the tight ends a little bit in that game. I don't know if I want to spend 5,100 on it in that bad matchup. Uh, the name tight ends, the guys who you know give a ceiling of those guys, the one I like the most is probably Hunter Henry, and he's the cheapest. So I've been landing on Henry a lot when I'm willing to spend uh, on one of my builds. Uh, but this is a week where I'm really comfortable because I don't love the upside at cost at some of these tight ends. Uh, I'm very comfortable going with like Cameron Braid at 27, uh, but I've really flipped over and I'm now I'm doing more Janu Smith at 2800. Now the rationale is this: a Tannehill ignites most of these passing game weapons. We've seen that, uh, but b with Delaney Walker out, uh, Walker was getting some specialized um, snaps, like 30 percent. Uh, but he was basically a pass-only kind of tight end. Uh, Smith should be getting that action in addition to his usual action now. Now, his usual action usually isn't much, but now that we're combining that 
you know, is a little bit more uh, fertile because of the quarterback. Plus, he should be getting some of those specialized snaps that were uh, being held for Walker. You know, I think Janu Smith's got a lot of upside here. Uh, he may have multiple score upside. And here's the thing about Janu Smith. Um, and man, I traded him away in a league and I really regret it. I think I may have screwed the pooch on that one. But, you know, <laughs> that's a story for another day. Um, <laughs> it's a Greek tragedy. Too. I'll tell you that story sometime. I really got, I got punked. But, um... The thing about Smith is very dangerous after the catch. And this is a defense where you can complete catches. So I think Jenny Smith in GPPs makes a ton of sense at cost. He's liberating, allows you to do a lot of other things. But I'm not afraid of, of, of him in cash because, you know, at 2800 I don't need a ton out of him to justify using him. And the upside is there for a lot more. So Jenny Smith... You know what? I may end up regretting it, but I really i am having trouble seeing him as anything but a pretty savvy play this week, given the Walker situation, given the switch to Tannehill, given the the, the pass funnel uh, matchup, and then given the floor cost. So Smith really works for me this week. He's sort of passed Brait in the outside lane, if you will. And then another guy I think it makes sense in GPPs. Um, and by the way, I didn't mention Darren Waller. If you want to play Darren Waller, I don't have a problem with it. The matchup is not great, though, uh, and he's going to cost you you know, just short of 6K. But Ricky Seals-Jones uh, against the Patriots. If the Patriots play like the Patriots and they're doing a lot of run blitzing to jam uh, the quarterback and Chubb and they're, they're paying special attention to Odell Beckham, big plays could flow to Seals-Jones. Uh, now, the Patriots are deep all across the field. They could limit it. They may make him a non-factor as well. I'm not taking a chance and playing Jones in cash or anything like that. But I think in a GPP, um, you know, a little exposure to um, to RSJ would make some sense. Okay, so um, we've got about five, ten minutes left in this podcast. And uh, I'm just going to open up uh, my, uh, my DraftKings browser, mess around with cash, tell you guys what I'm doing. Um, and you can just sort of play along... Uh, yeah, you know, just sort of do this for fun. We haven't done this on the pod before, so we'll see how it goes. If you guys like it, maybe I'll do it again. If you guys think it sucks, well, you know, then we probably won't. Okay, so uh, taking a look at my cash lineup, um, let's start with Deshaun Watson, because that's where I'm at right now. So 7,100 7, off the board. Uh, I'm going to lock in Chris Carson at 7K. We're up to 14,100. Um, Lat Murray is locked in at 5,800. Feeling good about everything so far. Um, now, the, the the fun stuff is how do we want to set up our receivers? Now, I'm starting with Hopkins. Again, this is cash. I'm just sort of going with the fat part of the lineup. We've got some cost savers. I'm not having any trouble getting to Nuke. So, uh, Watson, Carson, Lat Murray, Hopkins. Now... How do I want to do my next receiver? I'm going to put in the guy I really like this week, Galladay. He's got a lot of upside. I feel like he's got some floor to him as well, uh, and I can afford it. I'm going to put Janu Smith at tight end, 2,800. I'm going to put Ty Johnson in as my third running back. Uh, I think all of those guys play at once, so I won't have a flexible play in my flex, which is sort of too bad, but I'm okay with that. Um, so now the, the, the question is going to be, how do I fit in my third receiver? Right now, the guy who fits in my lineup, I'm not going to tell you which defense I have in. You might be able to figure it out. The only guy I can fit in is A.J. Brown, 4,100. Um, now, 
the question here is, do I want to go away from A.J. Brown because I've already got Smith in and just put in Mike Williams at 4K? That makes some sense. I'm starting to think that might be a good idea. Um, let's see. He fits in, right? He has to. Yeah, Mike Williams at 4K. So Ty Johnson at running back, Janu Smith at tight end, Mike Williams is one receiver, Galladay is another, Hopkins is the third, you've got Lat Murray locked in, full-time, 5,800, Carson locked in, almost full-time at 7K. So really, where's the problems with this lineup? I'm really happy with my defense. So I guess... Galladay maybe could be a little bit riskier here than we want, but I'm okay with it. Junior Smith with some risk, but he's 2,800, so not much. And then, you know, obviously Ty Johnson, there's some concern that maybe McKissick gets too much, but in cash at 4,900, I'm feeling pretty good about this. Um, yeah, I feel like Williams at 4K, not crossing over with any of my other guys, is a better play. Even though I sort of love A.J. Brown at 4,100 units, and he feels, you know, Williams is going to be more of an every-down player. The targets may not be all that different at, at the end of the day, um, but I think Williams gives me some some touchdown equity. He's going to probably be, him and, 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 and uh, Hunter Henry are going to be the primary red zone weapons. So yeah, I think... Now, I mean, I'm going to be knocking this around for the next couple hours, but right now I'm pretty convinced that this is my best cash lineup uh, unless I get different, uh, you know, feedback, unless some different guys are ruled out or whatever. I think this may be at least my, it, may, it might not be my only cash lineup, but I think it's going to be my primary cash lineup. So again, I'm going to keep the defense is a little bit of a mystery, but I think you can figure it out if you load the rest. Um, and again, DraftKings has said they don't want people giving out completed lineups. I'm just sort of adhering to that. Um, and I mentioned this uh, last week, but anybody who wants to see what I use retroactively in my cash, I'm happy to show people. Uh, sometimes it's embarrassing. Sometimes it's uh, uh, you know something I, uh, I'm proud of, but uh, it's always there. Um, so if you guys want me to like throw up my cash lineup on Rotobon uh, and sort of review it on the Tuesday pod, I'm willing to do that. Um, but yeah, this is I'm feeling good about this right now. I think um, now I can sort of get into my GPPs. Again, uh, Watson's my QB. Chris Carson, Lat Murray, uh, DeAndre, Nuke, uh, Gavaday, Mike Williams, Janu Smith, and Ty Johnson. That's That might be it. That might be it. I may play around with Gavaday, Williams a little bit. I don't know. But I'm feeling good about this. And if I downgrade to Hopkins and put Stills in instead... That could open up some different possibilities. But I think right now I'm feeling pretty good about this. Um, let's, while we're here, uh, we have a little bit more time. Yeah, we got a little, like, just like a minute or so based on how much time I wanted to spend on this. Um, but let's just mess around. Let's mess around with the GPP lineup, like something we might put in the Millie. Um, so I'm still sticking with Watson because I love him in GPPs as well. Uh, and we're going to stack, and I'm not going to get crazy. I'm not going to go Kuti here. I'm going to go Nuke and Stills. So we're going to sort of run the full Watson stack. And what does that do? That puts me at, uh, what, about 19.9. I got 30,100 left. No running backs in there. Now, I'm fully on those running backs we were using before. Let's start with the cash, guys. We'll put in Carson. 
I'm leaving in Lat Murray because of the ceiling. Uh, now, a lot of people have him, so I might not get any differentiation there, but I'm fine with that. Now, this is pretty chalky so far for a stack. Um, now, at tight end on this one, interesting. I, I'm not going to go with a correlation play in this stack. I'm just going to go with Oakland. Uh, for now, let's put John New in, but I'm going to consider going up to Hunter Henry here. We put Janu in here for now. Um, and the defensive end, I actually think the Rams are the highest upside D, so I'm not going to try to pay up for the Patriots. I'm just going to take the Rams at home against the Red Rocket. And that gives me over 5K left at the other two positions. So what I could do here, I would have room to squeeze in Hunter Henry, use him. And then if, now the question is, does does Hunter Henry knock out Mike Williams? So say I go with A.J. Brown here instead of Mike Williams, who I like. That would give me 4,500 left. That's not ideal. I'm going to pull Henry out. I'm going to pull Brown out. I'm going to go back to Mike Williams. I'm going to go back to Janu. The best is always yet to come. Ah, that leaves me with 6,700. And that is enough to get Edmonds into my lineup with some money to spare. So that's sort of interesting. Watson, Carson, Murray, Hopkins, Stills, Williams, Janu, Chase Edmonds. Rams, and I've got 500 bucks left. I sort of like this, uh, but I don't want to leave 500 on the table, so I'm probably going to keep playing around with this, see if I can find a way to raise the ceiling without damaging my floor too much. Um, but yeah, there's a there's there's a walkthrough on a couple builds. I don't know if you guys enjoyed that, but uh, yeah, put me a little bit further along. I'm basically going to be doing this for the next uh, two or so hours. Uh, seeing if I can get as many of these lineups into places where I really like them. I'm, most of my action, I think, this week is going to be on DraftKings. Uh, I may go make a couple fanball lineups as well. Uh, but that that is going to do it uh, for the Rotobomb Podcast. Week 8 DFS, Sunday morning edition. Uh, thank you all for your patience. Uh, good luck building all your lineups this week. And um, that's been Bob Dylan in the background with uh, a very unusual song. But... Uh, you know, hey, for all for everybody out there setting your lineups, may all of your dogs run free. See you on Tuesday, folks. If dogs run free, then what must be, must be, and that is all. True love can make a blade of grass stand up straight and tall. In harmony with a cosmic sea, true love needs no company. It can cure the soul, it can make it whole. If dogs run free.